verse 8 in chapter 23 23.8 Let's read that together, everybody You shall not abhor an Adamite For he is your kinsman Your brother The word toeva in Hebrew means abomination. So we're in this book, everybody. This book, the Chumash. And we're on page 1123, verse 8. 1123, verse 8. Everybody got it? Yeah, because if you're not there, we're not going to be together. So, got it? Got it. Lo titaev adomi. Do not abhor, don't hate. <clears throat> Do not treat as an abomination an Edomite. Who's, who are the Edomites? Who are the Adomim? The red people. Sons of Esau. So Esau, the people of Esau. The people of Esau. So Esau is a good guy, bad guy, not such a good guy? Savory, unsavory? In the Bible, at least, who is he to the Jewish people, the Edomites? Brothers, but enemies. Right? Enemies. Lo titaev mitzri ki gerayita be'artso. Do not <clears throat> hate the Egyptian, for you were once a stranger in his land. The children that will be born to them may enter the community of Israel at the third generation. Pretty powerful, no? A number of verses before we were told Lo yavo Amoni, verse 4 verse 4 Lo yavo Amoni, the Ammonites Umoavi and the Moabites Bekal Adonai Gam dor asiri lo yavo lehem Bekal Adonai Adolam Lest you think that the Bible is saying that one shouldn't hold a grunge forever and it's that enlightened the Bible says no just the Edomite and the Mitzri can enter they have dispensations but if you are an Ammonite or you are Moabite, even unto the tenth generation, you can't come in. What's the difference between the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Egyptians and the Edomites and the Stalactites and the... What's the... What's the difference? Is there a difference or is it just... What's the difference? So what's your name? Kayla? Kayla said, everybody, that maybe we owe something to the Egyptians and the Edomites, but we don't owe anything to the Moabites and to the, the Moabites and the Ammonites. So, Kayla is spot on in terms of the way that the rabbis understood this. Says Rashi, in the name of the Midrash, Rashi, the great medieval French commentator, quoting an earlier source, says, You see from here we learn a lesson. This is a crazy lesson, just to think about this. And we can agree or disagree, but just to hear this from the tradition. The Egyptians threw in the story, in the myth, 
our firstborn children, or might have happened, who knows, doesn't matter. The firstborn children of the Israelites were thrown into the Nile. The firstborn children of the Mitzrim are thrown into the Nile, and um, yet they are allowed to come back into the community. But the Ammonites and the Moabites treated us unkindly in moments that we needed them and they could never enter. Of course, the rabbis found a way for a Moabite named Ruth to enter. So there's a rabbinic will, there's a rabbinic way. Something about Kayla's teaching this morning about the goodness that we owe the Egyptians and the Edomites, something about a pre-existing level of trust, that something was there. There was something there. Whether we agree or disagree, whether the Torah in this moment, we might not make a distinction between the Ammonites and the Moabites, whether we think that it's ridiculous to imagine that those who once were good to us and then became cruel are different. But there's something about forgiveness here and being able to, um, to let go of a hurt. And there's something powerful too in the Torah's teaching that not all hurts can be let go of. Right? It's true that on Yom Kippur, essentially, what are we doing on Yom Kippur? It doesn't really work for liberal Jews. Right? Yom Kippur is, it doesn't really work for liberal Jews because most Jews who have a theology where God is not keeping a ledger of your good deeds or bad deeds, if that's your theology, you might walk in and you might have the theology. It could be. You could call it karma, whatever it is. Some people, you know, I think I have a little bit of that theology. So for me, Yom Kippur works. I'm there, I'm making amends metaphysically. I'm kind of in that place. But if you walk in on Yom Kippur and your God is not the God who actually noticed if you did any of those moral or ethical things that were troubling, what are you doing there on Yom Kippur? Because the tradition says, Yom Kippur eno mechaper, ben adam lechavero. Between, Rome Kippur has nothing to do with forgiveness between me and my fellow human being. I could spend all day on Yom Kippur Day, well I do, I spend all day on Yom Kippur Day, and I could fast all day, I, and we do, and I could pray every single word in the Machzor and make sure that I didn't forget one line, and it won't have one iota of a difference in terms of my relationship with my mom and my dad and my brother and my sisters and this community and others. Not one difference. You can feel at the end, you're singing and dancing, wow, we were forgiven and you're up there and you're dancing and it's a high moment and ecstatic and you go home and you're like, wow, that was like a full week-long retreat. Wow, it's so amazing. I feel so clean. The slate is clean. And you call up your friend and they say, and you say, you know what I, I just prayed for 26 hours. Are we good? And they're like, what are you talking about? You've got to say you're sorry. Yom Kippur doesn't do it. So what most people will say, and what I actually experienced personally in that part of my own theological terrain that is unmarked by, you know, that's more liberal, what I'm doing is I'm basically giving myself the place where I'm open enough to then be ready to say I'm sorry or be open enough to hear from someone else that they're sorry. I get back to that place, as Kayla said, where I remembered something, we exchanged something, something was real, and something then was broken. And my resistance to healing that is a little bit lessened, maybe, hopefully. 
Uchuva, Utfila, Utstaka, Mavirinit, Ronak, Zera, like these three practices of giving, of opening, of hoping. And yet the Torah tells us that there are some grievances that can't be forgiven. And they take time. Forgiveness is a complex journey. And in some ways it is, um, if taken up, it is the whole of it. Forgiving ourselves for not being all that we could be. Forgiving others for disappointing us. Forgiving a world that sometimes feels unfair and unjust. And being able to discern between forgiveness and letting people off the hook. If those two things, how they live together, what it means to forgive and yet hold people to standards. It's a very complex road, the forgiveness road. So this morning, in light of two weeks from now being the beginning of the 10 days of intense turning. That's really what it is. The Aseri Mechuvar, 10 days of intense turning towards what's true, towards what needs to be seen and looked at clearly. For the first Aliyah, what we call here now Romamu, if you haven't noticed, it's called the Open Up. It's the Open Aliyah to come up. It's open for anyone in the community who feels called this morning to stand with the Torah, to hear the words so powerfully spoken, which are, you are to forgive the Egyptian and the Edomite, for they are your brother, for one gave you and treated you with kindness when you were a refugee and you were and you were taken in. If that's where you are this morning, just to come forward to hear that, to let go of some resistance to healing, to resistance to forgiveness, then I invite you to come forward. And if you're not, if that's not where you are, please honor that and don't come up for the first Aliyah. Those this morning who are imagining the narrow places, the narrow people, the narrow heart that needs to be healed, the resistance that needs to be released if it's the right time.